Hi everyone, welcome to the nightlife, yeah, nightclub project. Fucking. <laughs> oh my god, Ascanio. You want me to start? How about I start? Hey, yeah, hey you guys, can start. This, you is, can start. this is. <laughs> welcome to the nightlife project podcast. I'm your host, Kai William, and I am here with Camino or Ascanio. We're super, super excited about this podcast. So, Something we've wanted to do for a very long time, and finally just bit the bullet and said, let's just start recording us talking about whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, this has been in the works for ages. We're really, really excited to bring you our first episode. And um, yeah, basically, I'll just introduce myself and Kai can introduce us himself and then we can uh, move on to our first guest. So yeah, my name's Ascanio, DJ named Camino. I have like five other aliases, but that's my main one. Um, I live in Berlin where I have my recording studio. Uh, where I actually I actually live in there at the moment, which is kind of crazy. There's no kitchen, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been figuring it out. Um, and I've been producing for about six or seven years. I'm a mixing and mastering engineer. I'm a producer. I, I run a PR company. Um, I manage, uh, and now I have this podcast, amongst other things. Um, and it's my life. I love it. Um, I'm a complete workaholic. I do this like twenty four seven. Um, and yeah, I thought, you know, me and Kai, we, we both thought that this kind of, this idea of a podcast would be really good because no one really does this. No one really interviews, um, like DJs and promoters and photographers and so on in, in our, especially in our corner of the industry, like house and techno. So yeah. Um, Kai, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah. And I'm, I'm my, my name is Kai. I go by Kai William based out of New York city. Been DJing for about 10 years, producing for about two Recently launched Andera Records about a year ago, which really helped my career. Uh, it's actually helped introduce me to Ben, which I'm really excited that he's here today to talk to us. Uh, it was so funny. I remember when I found Ben, I had never heard his music before. Um, I just found him on my suggested friends. And I, I think I saw Basil Darwish was supporting one of your tracks. And I was like, whoa, these are sick. So I messaged you for them. And then we just got chatting. And then you ended up sending me over pitches to Andera, which is a sick track. Um, sick. Really love that one. That seems like a long time ago now, man. I know. Well, I mean, it was. I think that was almost... I think you sent that to me like 10 months ago. Bloody hell, my life is going quick. I know. this. Everything goes so fast. And, you know, someone like who's having all the success that you are, I'm sure it's just a breeze and it's all just blurring together. Um, and we'll get into more of that in the podcast. Um, but you, you sent me over your release schedule. And I, I've never seen someone with so much output. And, and not only good output, but also like sick production. It's all really quality, like 10 out of 10 yeah. stuff. And so... Um, I guess we'll get into our first topic here, which is obviously the most pressing topic of everything all over the world. It's really, really affected our scene. I think the heaviest of anybody's, um, and that's the COVID-19 outbreak all over the world. I know Ben's very strongly opinionated on this. I am too. I think Ascanio is as well. So I guess uh, before we actually get into that, Ben, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, I'm Ben Murphy. I'll go by Ben Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been producing for about... I would say about five years now, DJing for about seven. But the last three or two years is where it sort of really picks up a little bit. The rest was just putting the work in. But now, oh, you can't see my grey hairs, but I do, I do have some. So as <laughs> you, They look good on you, though. That's what music does to you, man. you got to welcome them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you're based in London, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm based in London. Yeah, I've lived in London all my life. Nice. So I'm a city boy. City boy, city slicker. 
Sick. I was yeah. actually raised in London, but now I'm kind of living in there. Oh, listen, wherever you are now, I wish I was there. Trust me. I don't want to be here right now. Trust me, I wish I was there. So speaking of which, London and, well, so basically, Kai, you've been in New York this whole time. I've been in Berlin the whole time. And, and Ben, you've been in London the whole time. So yeah. Ben, how would you describe uh, the impact that COVID-19 has had on your career and on nightlife in general? Ooh, how long we got? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let's 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 you know. Let's go with it and see. Yeah, it I, I think I think at first when it first started, it, it wasn't as bad. I mean, it was scary. It even scared me. But I don't think it had the impact that it's had now with all the lockdowns and the closures of businesses, nightclubs, the cancellations of gigs. I mean, even my agent, my manager, we're, we're all we're all in the same book. You know, I mean, we had um we had nine world tours. Um, all scheduled for so many countries, probably 20, I think it was 29 gigs in nine oh. countries. Oh. I think it, yeah, so we took a massive hit, man. And we got rescheduled, but now they're done again. So now I'm not sure if they're ever going to happen, but <laughs> you just got to ride it. It's got to ride it out. I mean, it's sad to see, man. It really is. But the best thing to do, I think, is just ride it out because... Complaining and stuff—it's not just gonna—it's not gonna—it's just gonna make it worse and make you feel worse. Yeah, and that's crazy. You said you had nine tours scheduled. Nine, yeah, twenty-nine, nine, no, nine countries, twenty-nine gigs. Oh my god, man, that's so so crazy. That that package lost me about thirty k, I think. Oh my god, man, that's brutal. And on top of that, I mean, it's not always about the money, but on top of that, you worked so hard to get there, and this was going to really be a big breakthrough. I feel like. Yeah, I think, okay. I think uh, my, that's just my luck though, you know? Mm-hmm. That is just my luck. I mean, it just come at the wrong time. Do you, the- do you consider yourself an unlucky person in general? Oh, no, the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> uh, of course not, no. So bad. I mean, I couldn't, th- I couldn't think of anything worse than that now. But it is what it is. Hopefully what I'm doing now sets me up for an even better year than what it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Man, for sure. I mean, your upcoming releases are like phenomenal. Um, but... You know, uh, let's actually let's actually talk about those more in a sec because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I could touch on on how it's been over in in the New York slash New Jersey. I technically live in New Jersey, which is uh, in Hoboken. It's about one mile away from Manhattan, just a few more from Brooklyn, where I primarily spend most of my time. But um, people have been having the socially distance events here. Um, I'm very very lucky and fortunate that we've formed a partnership with this place called Barcode. Um, it's about 20 minutes outside of New York City, and we've been able to do uh, Do Not Sleep branded party series over there. We had Lee Foss and Dennis for last weekend, which was absolutely phenomenal. It was really great to be in like a, a big venue like that. It's all outdoors, totally it socially distanced. It, it was sick. And like just two really great guys. And it, you could see even on their faces, this was the biggest show that they've played since COVID. And yeah. they're really appreciative. Super awesome guys. Um, Dennis Fair is one of my favorite sets I've ever seen. I mean, the guy, you know, I, I don't know how many people know this. He actually found the Martinez Brothers and kind of blew them up. Yeah, I'll see his, it. Yeah, I'll see the video. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a total legend, super gem of a guy. But um, anyway, back to this. Um, we have Danny Tanaglia this weekend working on some massive names for the weekend after. And it's just really, I feel very appreciative and blessed that we have this because unfortunately, all my friends in other countries like Ben and in, in Russia or Amsterdam, all my friends, it's just it's so different than where it is right here right now. So I'm, I'm very fortunate and I, I definitely don't take it for granted. Um, yeah. but we, can swap. we can always swap if you want to come in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I'm, I don't even think I'm allowed to come over there, Ben. I, I would love to. I have family over, over in Liverpool. 
I would, I would love to go visit them, but not allowed right now. Um, other than like that, there's definitely um, a massive influx of the underground scene and kind of the parties that, to be honest, we really do love enjoy playing as well. It's kind of where this whole scene came from, um, these underground parties. Um, it's just such a vibe in there, everyone coming together in, in a time like this. Um, some people look down upon it, some people don't. Um, I, I love the fact that people can come together, especially in my country with all the political standpoints and everything going on right now. It's the one place people can get away and say, okay, you know, screw it. Let's just be friends for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really inc- incredible in that regard. And I feel like the the love for the music is, is actually here. It's not so much like monetized like it was before this. And like people are really appreciating the music and coming together. So well, that's a good part of it, I guess. Well, so in Berlin, I think I've definitely had the most luck out of you two. Because... <laughs> <laughs> for the last for the last three four months uh, the clubs have been partially open um mm. and uh, one of my favorite clubs sissy Foss, i went there the other day there was like 400 people in there oh so it, it was it was basically like a normal club night but everyone was wearing masks i don't understand why no one else is doing that it's really well i'll tell you why it's because the germans the germans are super pragmatic about this basically what was happening during lockdown there were illegal raves happening like when I say like illegal raves, I mean like 30 on a weekend. Like it was insane. I've never seen this shit before. The police would shut one down and then people would just move and do another one. So, so they, I think they, they, realized, they realized they couldn't stop them. And so they were like, well, let's just reopen the clubs with some safety precautions. Um, some clubs have had to be more strict with others. A lot of them are just seating only, but still, you know, they'll have a dance floor where you can go with a mask and go and dance. And you know, I I was uh, I played and organized a small festival in Poland, and the restrictions were like super chill. It was only 120 people, but they didn't really. Care. I mean, it was great. You know, the stages were solid. The music was fantastic. Everyone had a great time. Uh, you know, I didn't sleep for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I miss feeling like that. It was it was no, you don't. No, you don't. Not afterwards. You do not miss feeling. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I was in a dark place. Oh, God. but it was it was it was so much fun it felt real again like i felt like a normal person well not not the day afterwards but like when i was there i felt like you know finally i was getting back into it and then now again berlin is locking everything down uh, for another month so i'll be joining you guys on this um and you know you know i think if they don't find a vaccine in the next few months and they don't start reopening stuff i like it's just i don't think there's no way back if they don't hey yeah. ben have you have you seen a lot of your because you obviously have a ton of friends in this industry. Have you seen a lot of people sort of give up over there? Or does the majority have hope? It seems like you guys are really all coming together over there. I think I saw you guys at a, a parade marching together or something yeah. like that. I mean, I mean, not long ago, there was people up and down. It was, it was really up and down. It was a bit of touch and go. But I think now everyone is just sick to death of it. And the lies and the fake news and the fake numbers... Yeah. I think everyone is just now. Everyone's just come together and thought, like, if we don't do something now, we've got nothing to come back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really crazy how I, I I don't know that guy's name, but he was saying uh, retrain. What's the what is it called? Retrain and recoup or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, uh, I nearly fell off my chair when I saw that one. Can you explain that to anyone who's not familiar with what's going on with that? Well, it's what well, I can't remember his name either. Um, I think it's Rishi Sunak. Yes, that's him. That's the man. He was telling everyone in the music industry or in the entertainment industry to retrain and find a new job, a proper job, should I add, a proper job. Which really, that irritates everyone. You know, I don't think people realize how much 
effect the nightlife industry has on them as a whole. It's just like just going out socializing. That's good for your mental health, you know. Um, it just shows that they don't and they're boring. Right. Yeah, they yeah. just that's I, I remember seeing that and I honestly thought it was a joke at first. I think I saw you post it for the first time and I was like, there's absolutely no way that that's real. But it is. It caused havoc. But so, but so Ben, during this time, uh, we noticed that you started to launch a new party series. Or oh like, yeah, that's so, just my heart as well, yeah. So how's, that, so how's that going? What's the... Oh, it's going brilliant, mate. It's ready to launch. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is, well, we, it was meant to be the 21st of um, November, the launch party with Yaya. We had some problems with Yaya because the flights kept getting cancelled because there was not enough people on the flights. I think, it, I think it was like four or five flights got cancelled. So we rescheduled him for the 30th of January and got Ray Muno in. And now I'm going to have to reschedule Ray Muno to the 30th of January because of the new lockdown. So it's kind of brilliant. It's kind of brilliant. Couldn't have gone better, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're, I, I'm happy to see you're trying and you're not, you're not giving up on yourself. Like I just yeah. said, you know, the people that are, are really putting in the work right now, I think are the ones that are going to come out on top after. And can we, I kind of want to go into your release schedule a little bit because you just sent me this before. One, two, three, four, five. There's got to be like 20 releases coming up on here. So, yeah. so this is the positive of the COVID situation, right? You've made an insane amount of music. If there is one, that is only the thing I can think of, is that label owners or A&Rs got more time to listen to the demos than they usually do because they're at home. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, even for myself, I mean, I run a record label. Uh, you also do. So I'm yep. sure you've enjoyed being able to listen to some more demos. Oh, and- okay. Put yeah. some more time into like the future of your label and, and other yeah. things you can be doing with that. So, um, of all of your your releases, which one would you say you're most excited about? Oof, I mean, I don't, I don't want to upset any labels here. I'm excited about all of them, but obviously it has to be the Solid Grooves one because <clears throat> obviously being a resident with them for since I can remember, I must have sent them <laughs> about <laughs> over a hundred demos, and. Um, so to finally get it right was, was I, it, it felt like I lost my virginity again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you sent me a bunch of tracks um, over time since I met you saying, oh, I'm going to send this one to Saul Grooves, send it to Saul Grooves. And like, you finally sent me the one they picked. And yeah, it is and obviously sick. them being my friends as well, I'm like, mate, come on, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, that's how it is. And finally, in the end, ramming the a and was like, you've done it. I was like, Phew. it felt like, I lifted the Empire State Building off my shoulders, honestly. Yeah, I, I love that. And and how did you originally get involved with these guys? You said you've been a resident for years. Did you know just one of them growing up? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, so um, Marwan is um, co- co-partner in Solid Cruise, and we used to do a party together called Dawn After Hours in London. It's an after party that was um, Sunday Sunday mornings. And from there, it just came from there because I was resident for them and he got me involved with Sunny Grooves and then from there, it just all came together, mate. And then my family, they're basically my family. Uh, for for anyone listening, if you don't know what Solid Groove, Grooves is, please go and educate yourself immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this record label is just like top, top dog right now. Literally top um, dog, yeah. The coolest... They're putting out such cool music. It's so stripped back, but it's so just club heavy. And that's where I was going wrong in my demos. I was putting too much in to the tracks, and it was always saying stripped back more, stripped back more. And I was just kept stripping back and stripping back. 
And for mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't know, like the strip back music, it's it's a very difficult thing to do because basically that means there's so many less elements within the music. So the elements you pick need to be super. You need a super strong bassline, a super strong kick, and like usually the vocals are like the just the icing on top for those types of songs as they stand out so much. So yeah, con- congrats on that. That's really sick. Um, and you did send us a track off your release coming up on Monday Morning Records. Um, yeah, we're gonna play one of those right now, and yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll let the the fans take a listen. awesome then I, I i really like the vocals uh that track is called paradise yeah that's uh, gonna be out on monday morning records when is that ben that's on the 9th of november awesome yeah, so make sure you guys keep an eye out for that one fire. can't wait to play that yeah so sick. I'll definitely be supporting that this weekend coming up so uh, both of you guys run record labels i'm very happy to be involved in kai's as a mastering engineer amongst other things um and just Seeing uh, and Hera grow has been awesome. Obviously, for you, it must be incredible because you're one of the founders. Um, ben, how do you feel about running a record label? Has it opened any doors for you? And like, yeah, how's been your your experience with it so far? Yeah, I think it has. I think it has opened doors for me. Yeah, but more importantly, I think it's opened doors for the producers that are releasing on the label because I try to keep it like um, for more up and coming up and coming producers, and then involve a big remixer on so they can get the recognition that they deserve. I love that answer so much. I feel like sometimes people start record labels for the wrong reasons, um, whether they just want to boost their own name. But the, the way you answered that was so genuine. So I, I definitely really appreciate that. I'm very excited to release on your record label. I know we picked one up for the VA coming out. What is it, December? Yes, December. Some really good names on there, mate. Oh, yeah. I'm really. Do you want to talk about some of the guys on there or you want to keep it a secret? <sighs> yeah. I'll name a few. Well, we've got Acid Kids, we've got you, we've got Ozzy Govan. And the rest I can't say. Oh, okay. The rest I can't. I'm really, I'm really, I don't, I don't even know who they are. You didn't even tell me yet. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll send you an email after this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, yeah. 
I, I really asked the kids and uh, and Ozzy, they're great guys. I've been talking to them for a bit. Um, we actually have acid kids coming out on my VA too. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about about them. I remember you had you had told me I'd asked you who to look out for for the upcoming year, and you said, I, I think you said Ozzy, acid kids, and I think you said uh, Chris Gilanzi too as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll, always them free. I will always put forward. I mean, you know, I get sent loads of music, um, and um, I always tell them to send it to you as well, man, because of the cool label. I said they're really doing good things right now. I said. Like send, I don't know if how many demos you've got lately, but that was recently. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I didn't even know you did that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, we've been getting a, a steady amount of de- the demos have definitely went up since uh, COVID started. Um, the, everyone has so much time to produce, and I think that when everything opened back up, I think the music we're going to be hearing out there is going to be so sick and unique. And I think now, especially, everyone's definitely looking to push boundaries. I I hear people making different stuff that they've never made before. So I think that's really cool. Have you found yourself starting to produce a little bit in a more wide variety? Yeah, I have. I have. I've been doing, um, putting sounds in there that I wouldn't really put in there. Maybe vocals that I wouldn't really use. I think it's just the mood on the day that makes you make what you make. And especially the mood these days are up and down. You could, you could, you could go to the um, studio and make Spice Girls and it would sound good. Well, then just go, you know what I mean? It could be anything right now. I do love Spice Girls, so me too, man. Right, you know, <laughs> put them. Let's do a track. Chop up oh, a Done. How many? I reckon that's been done quite a few times. Though solid grooves. That's a dude. They would totally. They would totally sign a track with one of those kind of vocals in it, man. Like they've done. They've done everyone. You know. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have done a few actually, haven't they? They have. But I think Ramin would actually delete me if I sent him one with Spice Girls. <laughs> <in it. laughs> He probably likes Backstreet Boys more, maybe. That's probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> sick man. And so, um, like a question for both of you, actually, w- would you recommend uh, to someone that they should start a label if they're really motivated and love the music? Um, do you think they're yeah? Do you think they could see benefits from that if they're motivated enough and have a good enough ear for it? Um, I I I would say it dep- it depends what benefits they actually want to see from it. Because some, some some people want to see money coming in, but I'm telling you now, it's it, it, it's you putting more money in than what you're getting back. For sure, it's not it's not for the money. You know what I mean? It's if you want to give um, producers a chance, then yeah. But if you're doing it for yourself, it's not going to boost you in any way. Possible, it's not going to boost you in any way. Yeah, I think one of the main things I wanted to get out of this was almost like a networking piece. So. Yes. Um, in the specific niche that I'm doing over here, like this deep minimal textile, there's almost no one doing this type of stuff over here. Um, mm-hmm. So I needed to go out and find those people. So it was just a good opportunity for me to find the right people uh, and create a platform and create a collective for all of us um, over here to do this. And it was nice to be able to get some international artists who were already well ahead on the sound and uh, and bring that sound here. Uh, it's Yeah, it's been great for networking. And it definitely gives you a sense of credibility too. For someone like myself, I mean, I only had two releases before I started the label. I don't know who I thought I was doing this, but <laughs> um, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I, I think it'd be cool to own a record label and just like, you learn a lot about the industry. I think that really helps you out in the long run, learning about different promotional tactics, um, the quality of music. And to be honest with you, it kind of gave me a really big boost because nothing against any producer sending demos. I always want demos, always believe in your music, but just hearing my music compared to some other people's, you realize that, your music actually is good enough and it really is a big confidence booster as well. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it is good for building relationships as well with other artists and 
obviously getting to listen to so many people's music that they've been making, which you wouldn't really hear if you didn't have a record label, is one, probably one of the good bits about it as well. I, I wish I knew uh, how much work it actually was before doing this. I, I, I love the work. I really do. It's just a lot of work. There's so many pieces that need to come together properly. Um, you know, I've done this and I feel really bad about it. You know, I, you get really excited about a track and then you sign it and then you don't want it anymore or something comes up or, you know, it's just like learning to implement that A&R process of actually having a team to review it where, you know, you bet you do this too, Ben, like just because you like it doesn't mean necessarily it's the right fit for the label, which is why you have an A&R team. Yeah. That's it. I reckon I would say doing it on your own is very hard work. I mean, I have the best partner in the world, Luke Hazel. I mean, without him, it wouldn't be where it is now. It wouldn't run properly. Like, so I think I think having partners in it that you can you trust and you know properly helps. Yeah, doing things with other people is always great when you don't have too much experience with them. So like, I launched it with Ramsey, and it was great because we're learning together. You know, it's not like we we had done this before and we just like on a limb just launched the label. We have a lot to learn. So. A bit like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> no, we figured let's have some cool conversations with some cool guys. So, yeah. Ben, I did want to talk about all the recent success you've been having with these number ones on Bport. Um, can you just let the listeners know about this sick accomplishment you just got? I mean, that was probably the craziest two weeks um, during this COVID period. I released um, an EP on Green Velvet's label with Marcellus a Phil EP and it went the second day went straight to number two and obviously we from there we didn't think anything of it then went to number one and then like all what was it what you call it um across all genres genres and then it went to the singles as well and then I think the release after that or before it I can't remember if it was after or before I had a release on grassroots records and that went straight to number one as well and I was, I was sort of sitting there and thinking like I mean, people are still buying my music and supporting my music, even though they can't play it out. And it just made me like, it actually got me a little bit emotional. I was like, wow. That's yeah. amazing, man. Yeah, I, was, I still now, I look at it and go, wow, you did all right. Yeah, and for the, those who are listening who are not understanding of the Beatport and the charts, mm-hmm. um, to get into an all-genres chart on Beatport is very difficult takes a lot of, a lot, a lot of people buying and supporting your music. So that alone is quite the accomplishment. But to get to multiple number ones within, what was it, a two-week period? Two weeks, yeah. That's, that's, that's near unheard of. Yeah, that's really impressive. Congrats on that, Ben. Like, super happy for you with that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without everyone supporting. It's not just me, you know what I mean? It's thank you to everyone that bought a copy. Yeah, Ben, I think my favorite thing about you is how um, how grateful and appreciative you are of everyone. You're I was telling Scania this other day, you're one of those people that it doesn't matter if you're you just started producing yesterday or you've been producing your whole life or you're or you're Carl Cox or or anybody. You're gonna talk to them the same no matter who they are. And I think that's oh, of that's definitely gotten you where you are today. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I think it, it really baffles me when when the egos come into play. I mean I, I reckon I, I reckon even if you have the best music in the world, signed to the best labels in the world, if you're an arsehole, it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, I've I've seen it uh, firsthand. I'm sure you two have as well. It's it's ridiculous, you know, when these people have this like inflated ego and they just like go around pretending like they're God. And it, I think DJing for big crowds and having music listened by a lot of people can give individuals like a God complex where they think they're like indestructible, you know? 
And I, you really like if you're, you know, you really got to be careful. I think to not let that happen. And I, I think if you're a genuine and good person, it, it won't happen. You know, I don't see either of you ever being huge assholes, even if you get to like fucking Carl Cox level. Um, speaking of, <laughs> bless him, <laughs> bless his soul. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it's it's the same in every genre of music. You know, you get cool people and you get these like narcissistic uh, dickheads. I've met, I've met all my best friends through music. I hardly see or speak to anyone that I went to a school. It's all through my music. Yeah, I'm, I still myself do try to keep in touch, but I definitely see myself spending more time in, in you know, the music scene. It's, it's, it's not even work, you know? They always that saying everyone knows, like, if you love what you do, you're not going to work. And it's so, it's so true. I know put in 24 seven, as soon as I wake up, this is not full time for me, for anyone listening. This is just a part-time thing right now. Um, I don't know how the know. hell you do it, man. You're completely mad. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It's just like launching this podcast. I just launched a community with James Weiler uh, through Discord where we're doing tutorial videos, having guest producers come in and, and share things like that, trying to build a community, the record label. But you know what it is? I, I honestly really love it. And I feel like all these things play off of each other. So though I'm going a million miles an hour, it, it seems all really right in my head. Yeah. Ben, Ben, do you make a living from just music? Yes, but now obviously I'm back um, doing my day job, which I was. Um, I'm, I'm a qualified medical engineer, so back doing that now to the end of next year. I mean, yeah, it feels like a step back, but what can you do? Yeah, it's it's important to adapt in times like this, and you know, just don't give up on the music and and just keep pushing because I, I really do think you have a special thing behind you, and you have that wow factor that, unfortunately, now I feel like a lot of producers need to learn that that wow factor is important. I see a lot of the times a lot of the music coming out is exact, especially in deep minimal tech. It's like everyone's trying to be Christosi or everyone's trying to be Toman. And it's like, I, I'm sure you get them too. It's like you get these demos and yeah, they're really well produced and they sound great, but there's, it's just a, it's a very forgettable track. Um, you have that wow factor to your music, which is probably why you had two number ones back to back and people are believing in you and stuff like that. So, so good job there. I think if you have your own sound, it helps. Um, I think people can listen to a track of mine and not know it's mine and then say, yeah, that's a Ben Murphy track. That's what I get, that's what I get told a lot. That's great. That's something I struggle with. That's something I struggle with personally. Um, you just got to get more into sound design. That's always my advice to like my yeah, students. Yeah, I'm a like, sucker for good samples. Well, the reason why I sample so much and I tell people this all the time is just because I'm so busy that it, mm. it's not an excuse. I should get more into it, but I can lay out a track in an hour with a sample pack and I can tweak the bass lines and do different things to them. It's just a lot easier for me where I'm at now and hopefully one day I can get into that more sound design style producing although i do think packs. like you can be very creative with samples you know i don't think there's like any limitations i think samples give you the blueprint for a track if you know what i mean you can talk to it and it will give you an idea and you don't even you probably won't even end up using it but it'll give you an idea to create something yourself so yeah you have some crazy crazy label releases coming up um <laughs> i just looked at this now as well i hadn't seen this before jesus christ um so, so you've got, so which ones can you talk about? Um, can you give us a few maybe that like you'd like to just promote? Well, the one off the Monday Morning Records is my South for Saturn one, which I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to get on that label as well, to be fair. Leave. So yeah, that, that, that's a good one coming up as well. I, I think I'm going to have to take a look at it myself right now because I don't even know myself. <laughs> 
Oh yes, there's um, I'm on um, Tamango Shots too as well. That's coming out at the end of this month. Oh well, guys, the people that's on that one is. Yeah, I mean the first one. The first one was awesome too. Is I mean, Tomam was on there. Rossi was on there. You yeah, were on I mean, there. That track is my highest selling track. I saw that today on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually my highest selling track and their third highest selling track, which is I mean that track blew every proportion, like every expectation at the water, which I thought that was going to do. It's that's awesome to be sitting up there on the top labels, uh, selling tracks. Uh, I I actually just checked distance yesterday. Um, me and Million, we had a release on Distance for that track or coup, and uh, we're the second highest selling track on that label. So it's just like so, wow, yeah. They release like every week as well. That is my favorite tune of us. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, me Million had sent us music for Andera, mm-hmm. and I was too late to answer him to say we'd love to sign it. And I was like, this kid's special, and he didn't really have anything out at the point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's make some music together. And we tried one track, didn't really work, and then I just made this really sick funky groove and sense it over to him and put the john lennon vocals over it and it was the treat man yeah yeah we love that track i'm I'm really really happy we put that out and then became really good friends after and um so both like uh ben you've mentioned two labels already uh solid grooves and south of saturn um both of those uh are so hard to get signed to and i've personally i've probably i probably sent uh the repopulate mars guys like 20 or 30 demos before um they signed Anything and I mean they haven't officially signed anything yet, but um. mm. I think Nick Nick is one of the best ANRs I've worked with. If literally all the ANRs were like him, I think a lot of people would have really good feedback and be told how to come back next as well. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think what that tells you though is one, never give up. Right, that's like the most important thing. I mean, you said you sent them a hundred demos, Solid Grooves, or something like that. <laughs> no, it's probably around that amount. Honestly, it probably is. And that's from like over the space of two years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, some people get so discouraged when a label doesn't answer them. And like, if you're scared of that level of rejection, try a hundred. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right? so, that's it. That's it. I'll say as a label owner and getting so many demos, we have a couple people that they're on my radar now who I'd never heard of before, but because they sent me three, four, five, we've gotten 10 from someone. And you know, that sort of dedication, like, I love that. And, and the fact that you want to be on this that bad and you're working that hard, you are 10 times more likely to get signed to this label eventually yeah, than someone else. You see the progression else. in the tracks as well from the first yeah. one they sent to the last. Right. They love that. Yeah, they love that. Um, awesome, man. So um, I think we should, should we go to the speed dating round, Kai? Yeah, we're going to call this the speed dating. So basically this is like a quick fire round where we're just going to fire off a bunch of uh questions to you or not necessarily questions like favorite things and other things so we're going to do this in every episode so it's our first time doing this with you so i guess Ascani, you read off the first one and I'll, I'll read off the second one okay um so number one who's your biggest inspiration oh it has to be jamie jones from where he started to where he is now no doubt about it favorite hobby outside of music oh, it has to be football i mean i'm not i don't know if i'm any good now because i haven't played for so long but it has to be football yeah that's great. I mean, you're from England. It's only fitting, right? Come on. <laughs> you're, a Uni- you're a United fan, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Born and they're, bred. They're, they're in an interesting period right now, those lads. I would call it that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, would call it, I would call it interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's cool to see. I think, I think Rashford is the future. Um, and I think they need to sort out, like, the, the, the team needs to gel more. 
And I think once that happens, it's sort of... We could do a separate podcast on my Man United team if you want. Okay, let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> Man United talks with Ben Murphy. Oh, God, I'm <laughs> Ben, what's uh, your favourite club you've ever played in? Has to be Fabric. Um, uh, I mean, I since, Fabric. since I started, that was my number one goal. And then obviously to play there and host my music-related parties there, which we should have been doing mm-hmm. COVID. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what fabric is, that is like the golden club to play at in in the United Kingdom, right, Ben? Yes, hundred percent. I think every producer, DJ at the top of the list, it will be fabric for sure. Yeah, and it's had it's had its rough patches. I mean, um, I'd like to hear your opinion on this, Ben. Basically, a few years ago, two people died in fabric in the space of like a week, and they were going to close the club down. There was a huge reaction to that, like 100,000 people signed a petition or something, uh, and the club reopened. And now they've changed the inside. Security's a lot more strict. There's a lot more lighting inside the club. And you know, I, I, I sort of developed my taste in music in fabric along other London nightclubs. So, so it's really, it was really tough for me to see that. I, I still have been to some incredible nights after it reopened. Uh, but a lot of people have said that it's a diluted experience, that it's less good. What do you think about that, Ben? I think that no matter where, where, what clubs you go, you're going to get people that's going to be in there that's taking whatever, doing whatever, no matter how hard your security is, your, your cameras. Like, so I, I did really feel for the club. I mean, I mean, how many people is it? 3,000 people? And do you know what I mean? That's... I've been there after as well. And for me, I mean, it might be different for me because I was actually playing there. So my treatment was a little bit different, you know, but it's either that be strict or just not open at all. Yeah. And and just never go to fabric again. I, um, I actually have been to fabric once um, and it was last summer and we're walking in and, and like that, the comment you made about security is, is very true. Like they made us take our socks and shoes off. I've, I literally got grabbed up and down in the uncomfortable areas. And um, yeah, they were really, really strict and like to the point of like breaking my brother's phone case to get it off the check to make sure there was nothing back there or anything like that. Losing that club would be, for me, London wouldn't be the same. No. I mean, already so many clubs have closed in London that I I really, I'm I'm already pretty sad about, but that one is like a bastion that cannot close. I mean, now Egg are struggling as well. I mean, losing I mean, Egg is probably like the second one you don't want to. Did Egg did Egg close? It, it's closed, yeah, but but I think I honestly don't know. But it, uh, they're struggling, and for me, that's where I started. That's where I started. So it means a lot to me, you know. That's where I started, and uh, and the promoter, the main promoter, Ali, is a really good friend of mine, and yeah, it's, it's really sad times. Egg is the first club I ever went to. Not even kidding. Yeah. I mean, I saw I saw Mark Reeve there like so long ago. It was so it was so sick. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, ben, do you play any instruments? Keyboard. That is the best I can do. Or a triangle, or a fish. <laughs> a fish. <laughs> you know that wooden thing. <laughs> oh, those are dope. Man. Ah, see. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, for like anyone listening, if you're wondering about getting into music production, do you need instruments <laughs> to play? <laughs> no. No, you just need animals. You need animals you to need play. Animals, apparently. fish. And a little triangle thing with a that's it, and you're yeah, in. Yeah. You're in. 
but I mean, for real, can you imagine like someone making like solid grooves music and being like, yeah, yeah, you totally need to learn keyboard <laughs> to make. No, piano, <laughs> piano and keyboard that's, is the best I can do. I had music classes for about three years learning piano and keyboard. So that's the best I can do, I think. Yeah. And I, I think that's an interesting point is that, uh, I mean, most of us who produce music knows, but you really don't need to know any music theory or need to know how to play any instruments. There's so many resources and tools out there that tell you if everything's in key, this, that, and the other. So if anyone's hesitant to produce because you don't understand that and you think you need to put in the time to learn music theory, you don't. Nope. You don't. It helps. For sure it helps, but you don't need it. That's it. I mean, I've written some of my best music on just my laptop and headphones. Right. You don't need, you don't need thousands of pounds of studio work. Just... Funny story, uh, Jamie Jones's remix of uh, da, 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 The Power, what's that song called? I'm um, Hungry for the Power. <laughs> Hungry for the Power. He made that in his kitchen. And I think on, d- on the defected Instagram polls, they did like, what's the best house track of 2010s? And that was voted as the best house track of the 2010. I mean, that for me, that song made him. Yeah, that song is so good, man. That's like, oh, it's such a good track. Yeah, that was, like, that's when I first came into it, when it was like, that's why I say Jamie Jones. Yeah, just because good. of that, and from where he is, from there to now. Yeah, what a career that guy's had, man! Amazing. Mm, yeah, a lovely guy as well, mate. I I talked to him a lot, and he's so down to earth. Yeah, hot creations is the aim, isn't it, Ben? Hot creations is the next aim. Mm. Let's get you he's, on there, he, mate. He's he's laughing because he, he he's so secret. You can't even tell us. I've got no poker face. Um. Oh, okay. This is good. One. What's your favorite beer? Hmm. This is going to sound really weird because of the times now, but Corona. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a Corona with a lime. Oh, oh wait, man. I do love a Corona. Yeah, I think everyone can appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> the right type of Corona. They need to do an advertising campaign based on that. Come on. Oh, like, what? I'm surprised they haven't yet. Yeah, they what they do? It. Yeah, what they yeah, do? Yeah, it's a great marketing opportunity, as messed up as that sounds. <laughs> and, <laughs> um. Ben, I know you're like a huge movie guy. I see you posting Facebook statuses about this all the time. What's the last oh, movie sorry. you saw? No, it's okay. What's the last movie you saw? And if you could rate it on a scale from one to 10, what would it be? Oh, wow. What was the last movie I saw? Um, I can't remember what was the last movie I saw. I think, oh, yes. No, it was Goodfellas. Oh, what a movie, man. I mean, me that, and all day. that and Scarface is my all-time favorite. Yeah. We don't even need you to rate those. That's okay. We all know where those movies stand. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't know how to. To be fair, it's, it's them. Them. I could watch them a thousand times. Yeah, that there's that incredible scene in Goodfellas, the tracking shot where they basically filmed one take for like a minute and a half. Where they go into the restaurant and they sit down and everything is like moving around them. There was like a hundred extras in that scene, and Scorsese just oh, nailed it. Like, oh, what I mean, genius! They don't do like that anymore, man. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. I mean, I haven't seen The Irishman. I've heard it's pretty good, but like... I, it I, is, it is, but it's not as good as I thought it was going to be with all the hype. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, was just, it was just weird seeing Robert De Niro very old. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, he's old now. I'm used to what seeing him. What a career, him. though. Yeah, he, he's my favourite actor. Robert De Niro's my favourite actor. Funny story about that. Um, when I used to work for my old company, uh, that was my territory for work where they were filming, and I would literally drive through that for like months just watching them film it. It was really cool. Um, I always wonder if I'm in the background of I used to drive this I'm going to have to rewatch it <laughs> yeah I used to drive I used to drive this 1989 Oldsmobile Cutlass right oh wow pussy magnet <laughs> yeah oh yeah this thing 
I mean, could you imagine in, in 1989 having electric windows? Oh you must have been the man. Oh, you yeah. must have been the man. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben, this is a really fun question. If you could describe yourself as one animal, what would it be and why? It would, this is going to sound really boring, but it would have to be a lion. Only, well, two reasons. Because I'm a Leo. <laughs> and I actually do think they are the king of the jungle. They look like a king. They look like a king. They do. They're the king they shit. Like king. Kai, what are you, mate? What animal am I? Uh, something with a sh- shit ton of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Ask anyone. I have a lot of energy, man. It's. Uh, so, uh, Tasmanian devil, then, Kai. Yeah, yeah, maybe a Tas. I'm not that aggressive, though. Maybe a kangaroo or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a one-year-old puppy who's just like jumping everywhere like hello oh bless him look that's for the women that one is yeah 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 hello he knows what so, you're doing. You know, he a, knows what I'm a very nice puppy that's basically <laughs> yeah, he doesn't bite he doesn't bite at least on camera he does <laughs> that's true not get- move operator him <laughs> Yeah, so, so I guess that concludes the speed dating with Ben Murphy. I would go on a, another date with him, I think. Yeah, thank you. Too. Oh, well, that, that would be the best I've had since lockdown. So I'm on it. Let's do it. So any any girls listening? Uh, ben is, is, I guess, single. Yes. <laughs> Med, you know, he's he's got a good job, promising DJ, very eligible bachelor. Uh, you know, I recommend. Yeah, uh, ten out of ten. You, you've sold it. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about, and, and I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up. But um, this is a really pressing topic. Um, Spotify is sort of like the monopoly for streaming services for artists. Um, they just came out and said, this is from DJMag.com. Um, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but it says Spotify will prioritize your tracks and recommendations if you agree to lessen royalties. Ben, what, what do you think about that? I'm going to keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I don't know where the guy's from who owns it, but they must have legalized every single drug in the world. And I think he was on it when he <laughs> said it. For less than what we already, we're, we're taking nothing anyway. I think so, it's point zero. Let me look this up while you're- Well, like, I'll just give you guys some ridiculous, ridiculous stats. I, I have uh, two tracks with a, over 100,000 streams on Spotify. After the label takes their half, I've made like 200 quid, 300 quid for what 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 am I supposed to do? Am I like I can't even pay a month of rent with two hundred thousand streams? I just <laughs> think it's really, really it's, that is bad for the industry, mate. Yeah, they really pay bad. they pay anywhere between point zero zero three to point zero zero five cents per stream. So and they want to lower that. <laughs> and and here's my take on this: is that if that's really what they want to do. Eh, Here's the thing: we already don't make enough as is, so I'm I'm thinking that they're thinking everyone's gonna be like, yeah, whatever, I'll do that because I'm not gonna make any money anyway. So then everyone's doing it. So then we're back where we started, and we're all getting paid less That's than it. we already were. I, I mean, it got to the point when I was actually thinking not to even use it at all. Like, I, I just thought the cheek of it. I mean, as if we're not, as if music people are not going through hard things now as it is, and then he comes out and says something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just such a necessary evil. And like Spotify really, it is an incredible platform. I think we can all agree. Like the whole playlisting thing and it's linked with your socials and everything. It's it's incredible. I use it every day. But it's just really sad to see that it's just been totally, you know, monetized to make the company money versus the artists. And- I mean, I don't even use it that much. But I mean, for people that do, I just, I, I think they must have thought like, wow, 
I'm, I mean, I, I could probably see him losing a lot of people signed up to it. And that. I mean, I was close to deleting it after that. I will say one thing. Uh, for any of you wondering, how's SoundCloud doing? The answer is they have the best recommendation algorithm out there for finding music. So please go back to using SoundCloud, right? Like at least, uh, I mean, yeah, no one gets paid for any streams there, but it's SoundCloud, so no one cares. You know, <laughs> uh, a funny thing is when I used to send my demos to the big uh, producers and guys, I would do it through their SoundCloud inbox. They used to leave them more than the email because the email gets lost in the thousands that they probably get. But the SoundCloud inbox, it works retreat for producers wanting to get their music heard. Use the SoundCloud inbox. Nice. That's it, man. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we've done an hour. Um, I think we should end it maybe with like another one of, uh, another track preview from Ben. Um, yeah, I mean, you can play if, I mean, I don't know if I've sent it to you, I mean, you can, do you have the Sonic Cruise one? No, but uh, you send, send it over to me and we'll, we'll toss it in here. Okay, I'll send it. I haven't heard it yet. Have you not? No, I haven't. I haven't. I'll send it right now. <clears throat> yeah, we'll 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 paste that audio in here. Yeah. So we could take a listen. Um, but I guess we'll end the show with the outro to that. So Ben, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. You're an absolute rock star. Uh, before we go, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you on Instagram? What's your handle and what's your Spotify? Uh, Instagram is Ben Murphy Official, same as Spotify, just Ben Murphy and SoundCloud, Ben Murphy Official as well. Twitter, I don't really use Twitter because there was another reason for that as well. Um, yeah, easy to find me. Just look up Ben Murphy and I should be at top. Give this man a follow, people. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Ben, thanks so much. And guys, take care. We'll see you next time. Make you show me Make you stand at Being in love with someone and Oh baby